Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Atlantic Bushcraft Adventures. Uh, so tonight we're going to talk a little bit about saws. In the past we have talked about the tools that we use in the bush. Ben and I have given examples of things and we've touched on it briefly, but we are looking to go into it in a little depth uh, by request. So we figured saws was a good place to start. We had a little bit of a discussion on that before we went on our camping trip about the axe versus the saw, so it's still kind of fresh in our mind and it just seemed like, to me anyway, a logical way of going. So... Yeah, I guess, uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought. My wife was saying goodnight to me and it just threw me right off. Anyway, so yes, um, I guess first and foremost, saws in general, very useful item in the woods. Would you not agree, Ben? We, like, in our camping trip, we ended up using it way more than the axe. Yeah, which really surprised me because I've always been more of an axe guy. Um, but yeah, like, they, they do give you a function that you, you can't truly get with a knife or an axe. Uh, you can get that straight, controlled cut. Uh, you can, you know, and it's fairly efficient um, means. Although, uh, argument could be made that you could cut a small tree quicker with an axe. You get to a bigger tree, the saw definitely wins. Well, I mean, even... I was on the exact same mind set going into our camping trip and you know what i don't know if it's any quicker with an axe than it would be with that saw anyway but i mean keeping in mind the saw has a great blade on it uh nice big teeth it cuts fast i mean we were going through you know four three four inch round like two three strokes of the saw and it was through which would still be i mean if it's really dry you might get lucky and break it with the axe in one hit but if it was wet it would still take you two three strokes of the axe yeah that's true. So, I, I mean, I think it's... you're kind. Of, I'd almost say you're comparing apples and oranges at this point, going into it now, knowing what I know, versus when we had the conversation originally. Because just for cutting, and when we tested it there, the saw came out 100%, but how hard would it be to split wood with a saw? You know what I mean? So, you're kind of... It's kind of apples and apples, but it's kind of apples and Asian pears. <laughs> Yeah, they they have their, their their uses both of them. I mean, one's a an impact swing type tool. Kind of, there's some satisfaction to swinging an axe. There definitely is, but you're also like knocking large chunks of wood off with an axe. You're not, you know, you're not getting as much material that's usable after the fact. Uh, and the saw we're talking about is this one. Uh, trying to see if I can center it on my screen. Yep. So it's the Agua. Canon, uh, I think it's the 24 inch or 22 inch, um, 21, 21 inch blade. So, yes, we were both pretty, pretty pleased with how it, it worked. Uh, you used it quite a bit. I used it quite a bit. I used it in multiple ways. I, I held it set, still with my foot, moved the wood across it. I've used it across the wood. I took it on my last camping trip in with uh, Gary and Jeremy and they both took it out and tried it and they both really liked it and, and indicated that they were extremely pleased with this performance and would probably be buying one shortly. Uh, I don't know if they will. That's that's up to them. But that was the saw that I've used the last few times and it, it has a few things I really like about it. And the one is when it folds away, the blade is completely 
encapsulate it. It's there is no sharp object just to, to puncture anything or tear or rip or hook, and it will fit in a longer backpack. It does need at least a 22 inch spot to slide it into, but I can strap it on the side of most of my packs. But I mean, comparing and it in, to the axe, my axe is a good. Uh, I think we measured it at 30 inches or something like that. So, I mean, when we're comparing them, you're still no more room than an axe. Well, like, this was my favorite axe. Um, I always go to Ronaldix. It's, it's, it's a mirror image on this screen. Uh, so, in comparison, you can see that they're similar. Like, the, the head of the axe is the difference in length. So, I have a small, like, I guess you call it a boy's axe or a scout axe. Uh, it has a smaller head than than probably normal for that size. It was a hatchet head, and I find it does a pretty good job. But you can't do everything you can with a saw with this, but you could split wood, and you can knock out a pretty good tree with a few swings. Um, I guess when it comes down to it, not to beat a dead a horse, uh, not to beat a dead horse. But if I only could have a saw or an axe, I would probably just take an axe. But having both is just so good because I mean, with that saw you had, even being twenty two inches, we were taking down good size wood with honestly minimal effort, probably less effort than it would have taken to go through the same wood with uh, with the axe. Because I'm thinking uh, above the fire pit there where we were having our campfire, we had a couple of those standing deads. And I mean, I couldn't imagine trying to swing an axe into that because one, it was on the opposite side. I'd have to swing it left-handed onto it. And two, it was just kind of tight in there. It was even tricky with the saw, but we, we got it with the saw. The axe probably wouldn't have done it. But I guess the point of that is, for a shorter saw, shorter, 22, um, you can still do a lot of damage with it. And it's minimal room. It's lightweight. That thing weighed practically nothing. And, uh, yeah, yeah I mean, it, it's there's no reason not to have one in your pack, is what I have come to the conclusion of. And w you have another one there, too, is the old uh, red fold-up one. Yeah, so I have a, I mean, this one here, this is the old, this is a trailblazer. I know they don't make... Trailblazer doesn't make this anymore, but it, it folded into a tube. Had sort of the same advantage to boil. It's a bigger blade, but it, it does have a couple of things. I was kind of talking to you about it before. Is you do have to sort of assemble it. There are some parts that could be lost when you're doing that. The blade is kind of proprietary. It has these plastic tips on the end, mm. making it really difficult to replace it with the standard saw blade from a, a hardware store, which I can do with the Agua Cannon. So, you know, some advantages, some disadvantages there, but uh, it was my go-to saw for years. I, I got this as a, as a kid. I think my parents bought me one. I'm not even sure if this isn't a different one. I think there may have been two in my life. And uh, apparently it affects the spider nests. <laughs> well, any hollow tube is going to eventually. But one of the yeah. other things you and I had talked about on that was even though it is more pieces, like if you had to choose between the two saws, the one, the first one you showed there, it folded up, it was super simple, worked great, but even that one there is still a benefit in the woods than having no saw. And even, oh. I, I would take that over having no saw versus just going in with an axe if I had the option, in all honesty. Like, you could strap that under the, 
I'm thinking just along the handle. So it's like width-wise, it wouldn't be any wider than the bit of your axe. And really not a lot longer than the handle anyway, because I said my, I think my handle was a 32-inch handle. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, they're good tools. This is still a very functional tool. It is heavier than a cannon. Uh, and it is a bit more awkward to put together. Like, you know, I guarantee you time you put this together in the Agua Cannon, and it's like 50 times longer. And I mean, I'm not exaggerating because the, the, the cannons put together in seconds. And this one is as awkward as somebody, a more handy person to me might be able to slap this together quicker. And experience. You've been using your other one for a little while. You're a little at a, you know, you're a little rusty. Um. <laughs> I've had this one for years, but honestly, it's spent the last 10 years in my garden shed. So it, it survived well for its misuse and abuse. And it's still a good saw. It, the blade still cuts. Um, still gets pulled out once in a blue moon for the odd job and stuff. Um, it's still a good saw. It does. Yeah. It's, it can get a bit loose, but you just tighten it up. Um, there's a few plastic pieces that tend to wear out on them eventually, and I've lost caps on one of these before. But now it's together. It's pretty sturdy. Um, it's a good handle. Two people can use it. This one's a little harder for two people to use. Like you can get one on one side and, and really go. So a few things there. I mean, it's 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 a nice sturdy saw. Like I'm putting a fair bit of pressure on that, and it's, there's very little flex. Um, but if you don't have the, the money, or you don't want to carry all that, there is the old standby. Exactly, and, and this uh, was the next one I was going to mention. If you still want all the joy of a full size buck saw without the added weight. There's still this to build, which is, I believe you said that's one you constructed yourself for a challenge in the past, wasn't it, Ben? Yes. Uh, the Bushcraft, you know, uh, website did a fake, uh, what is it? Uh, Nova Scotia Bushcrafters was doing a challenge with two, three years ago. Yeah, that was probably uh, every bit of two years. Weekly challenge to do something every week, and there was the one to make these, the bow saw, and uh, I had never done it. I'd seen it done quite a bit. And I challenged myself to do it out of a single piece of wood. So I went out, I found a large branch to fell out in the backyard. And I tried to do it with minimal tools. So an axe and a, and a knife for the most part. I uh, did have to use a saw to cut the spot for the, uh, the blade to go in. And uh, a little piece of paracord. And I mean, this, again, it's once assembled, fairly sturdy. I mean, it takes quite a bit of flex. Mine's got a tiny bit of a twist to it, but any, any of our viewers that made one would be much better than mine. <laughs> but, yeah, that works, and uh, I would say, you know, time invested to make one of these would be similar to the difference of trying to open this one in, like, two and a half seconds and this one in, like, five minutes. Well, this one's going to take you, like, a couple hours. Yeah. And that's the other thing that you and I discussed before we came on. It's easier to have one of those fold-up saws, honestly. It's less effort just to carry that in than it is to construct that entire saw when you're in the woods. Yeah, and I mean, if you get back, you may not find the perfect wood for it. You, you, you may struggle. So you're going to spend time looking for the wood, and you, when you do find it, you got to 
you got to prepare it a little bit. You still need to kind of make the cuts or splits. I mean, I know some guys wrap a piece of rope around it and then try to split it with the end of the axe, get the blade jammed in there. There's different tricks. Maybe you can take a small drill bit and drill a hole through for your, your pins. You need a couple of pieces of equipment to hold these together. This one's like an old nail and a, a bolt with a nut on it. Uh, and it used to have two butts, bolts with nuts, but apparently over the years, one got on. <laughs> As things um, do. But, yeah. uh, so oh, no. those are, those are the, the Buxaw versions that, you know, that I have, that I've used. And they all have their advantages. But, uh, so just while you're on the topic there, before we jump too far from it, Chris there, uh, he had the question. I hear the handle on the Bow Reel 21 has a bit of a pinch point slash hot spot. Uh, any issues with that, Ben? Because I know you and I had actually talked about that in the woods. Just a little bit. There is a tiny bit, I guess, when you're pushing on it. There is there is this here, and if you're not careful when you put it together, you can easily pinch yourself into a couple of the hinges. So, I mean, care needs to be taken. I don't find it so bad, and I guess, really, if you're doing stuff like this, I kind of recommend, and a lot of people do, is to bring yourself a pair of gloves. Um, save your hands. When you're working with wood and stuff, it's never a bad idea to have a pair of gloves. I have a pair here, something like that. That'll do a lot to, to help with these, with any any kind of tool. But, yeah, this this locking piece in the back kind of thin and that's what you're pushing on the front's nice and good for pull you got nice no hot spot there but pushing it does put a little pressure on the palm of your hand um manly manlier men than me may have real tough hands and never notice it i brought a pair of gloves when we were using it and i used uh i think i used my gloves for the majority of the time i was using the saw there yeah. a little bit so i mean it, it like you said just good uh, Chris, I lose too much dexterity with gloves. Uh, I guess that's the age old argument right there, right? There's a lot of people that make that argument and there's a lot of people with, uh, with pieces of wood in their hands that make the same argument, I guess. But I mean, yes, you do lose a little dexterity, but I guess you can chalk that up to the gloves you look at as well. Um, cause you're wearing a fairly thin pair there with a rubber membrane on it, which to me, it doesn't look like you'd use a lot, lose a whole lot of dexterity with that. But my gloves, for instance, when I brought them, you've seen them. They were those black leather ones. I did lose a fair bit of dexterity, but I gained a significant amount of protection off that too. Like I could handle the coals without any real problems. Um, I jammed my hands in a couple things that really didn't give me any problems. So it's definitely a trade-off, but it's a worthwhile one, too. If you're going into the woods for any amount of time, which we always preach, Ben, is try to take care of your hands and be safe. So you might lose a little dexterity, but you have to trade off on the fact that you may, you know, save your fingers from getting cut, beat up, bruised, twisted, sprained, whatever, right? Well, maybe not sprained. I guess gloves don't protect against sprained too much, but generally getting beat up. Because uh, at the end of our video, for anybody that wants to watch that, it's our return video uh, up on Facebook and YouTube. We talked about we were only in there for three days, and even our hands were getting a little marred up at the end of it. And we had gloves with us. Yeah. So that, that that once again, that's kind of what you have to keep in mind. I don't find I lose a ton of dexterity with these. I agree with you. These are fairly thin. They're 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 a brand name, High Flex. Um, these I think a buddy of mine from from a company. Uh, 
brought them home to me. But uh, a lot of I know the aircraft industry has them. I'm sure automotive. I'm sure you can pick up high flex in a lot of places. Um, but they have a, like a rubberized front and it's a cotton glove. Doesn't weigh a lot. It's very comfortable. It gives you a little bit of protection. Uh, it's something to consider. I didn't wear mine a ton, but when you're doing a heavier work, sometimes it makes sense to throw some on. Uh, I keep one a pair in my pocket or in the, in the in the top of one of my bushcraft hats just in case I need it. Uh, it's a good idea to have. Use it when you're when you need them. If you're pulling on rope or you're doing a lot of sawing, good time to have it. If you're doing fine carving, maybe not. But I do. I also have. And I don't know if I showed you those. I have the anti-cut gloves. They're like a cotton glove, and they have like uh, fibers in them. I know you never help. showed me the ones you had. That, that's kind of what mine were. They were slash gloves. Is what I was wearing yeah. with a leather outside. Uh, these these are, j- are just, and I don't know if I trust them because they're dollar store. Um, but I use them when I'm doing fine carving sometimes because my knives are ridiculously sharp, um, or I'd like to think so. And uh, I will cut myself eventually. Um, but what I do find is that the fibers actually get of the wood. If I got rough, right, rough edges, they'll actually hook into the, the, the wood and stuff and the gloves and they do cause some issues. You have to work with it. You have to learn to deal with some issues. It's, there's no perfect solution. No. And that's for sure. And, uh, Mel came on and she made the comment that she always wears gloves. I have tiny sensitive hands. So I wear garden gloves with a thin bolded uh weather palm fingers back of the hand protects everything i need but keeps most of the feeling intact so once again it's it's just go and find a good set of gloves that's going to meet the requirement of giving you some protection but uh giving you as much dexterity as you can get out of them and uh for anybody wondering the way we came into yeah bring it on over mel she actually dragging it into me uh here just model it over a little keep coming keep coming there you go flip your hand around there, so that's very much what oh. she has, and it, it is. Into pretty model. Yeah, I know. Hand model. Uh, <laughs> we have fun. So yeah, just get a good pair of gloves. Like those offer excellent protection, don't they, Mel? Yeah, I've used them for rope. I've used them for cutting. Well, yeah, you used to use them to climb down that hill yeah. that has that rope, and that's where I used mine a lot too. Diggs, D-I-G-Z. So I think we bought them for four dollars. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I mean, prime example is uh, well, you've seen that hill, Ben. When we were going down it, uh, that's where I originally put my gloves on because if you happen to slip, like that's a severe rope burn. Oh yeah. And I mean, this isn't really the topic, but it is the topic. If you don't take care of your hands, if you don't take care of your feet, if you you know you can really end up in a bad situation. In, in the situation where we were, we were climbing up and down that hill. Am I freezing? Uh, I think it might be me that just kind of buggered out. So anyway, let's just keep going, Ben. If it comes back, great. Um, if not, we'll just upload the live and go from there. So hopefully, it comes Good. back on. <laughs> Had we not been careful climbing down that hill, and we kind of needed the rope to get back up, I mean, you could have done it without it, but it was a lot safer and easier with it. If you had damaged your hands to the point where you couldn't safely grip that rope, that puts a huge limitation on you. Um, in rough and rugged terrain, and Nova Scotia isn't the roughest and ruggedest, but it's not the easiest by far. 
these are real risks. Um, so take some time to protect yourself. Think about what you're doing. Uh, should you wear gloves 100% of the time? Probably not. There's definitely times when you want that, you know, your your hands fully available. But uh, uh, there are times too where I think you should at least consider it. Probably not. There's definitely uh, times when you want that. Hold on. I had to you refresh know, page yep. and we had sound coming through. Okay, we're good. Sorry about that. Yeah. But I mean, we could, we can and we will have episodes in the future on on protective clothing and and equipment. Um, no, for sure. That's I, a whole topic on its own. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's a topic that we deal with. We, we had a half hour, 45 minute conversation in search and rescue last night on this very subject. Uh and it was a lot of it centered around things like hard hats and jeans versus polyester clothing. Uh, sorry, I was looking at other things again. Yeah, no, like you said, it's um, – I'm going to leave it at that. We can do an entire episode just on safety stuff, and I think we will save it for that instead of uh, diverging too much because I, I have quite a mouthful I could say on that myself. So instead of getting rolling, I'm going to respectfully decline for another night because it gives us a topic. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but, so, um, yeah, sorry, go ahead, Ben. So we've covered bow saws. I, I believe we both have a folding saw that we, we were going to talk about that was shockingly similar. Yeah, even the same color. Like, what's what's the chances of that? Even the same color. But anyway, this is the one I carry with me. Uh, it's a fold-up, single-sided saw. I think that's an 8-inch blade, would you say, Ben? 8 to 9 inch? Yeah, I'm going to have to start leaving a measuring tape here. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> I normally have one on my desk, too, but it, it's gone. But uh, anyway, this is what I carry. I don't generally carry a buck saw. I carry one of these, and I always used to carry the axe. <laughs> so now I think I may be cashing in my folding saw for one of those bow reels. Because as Ben said, what is it? Well, there's a small measuring tape on my multi-tool. And yeah, I just measured seven inches. Close enough. So anyway, yeah, uh, I always loved the little folding up saws because I always used to use them for making other tools. I would uh, use it for doing like the traps we did, the deadfalls and stuff. We could use it for that or the spring pole snare. Or what I used to do with it was I would use a smaller saw to make a bigger saw, to make the bigger buck saw. But once again, I have learned that it's easier just to carry in the fold up saw than go through the entire time of making the saw in the woods. Cause as you said, you might not find the materials. It's time consuming. Uh, you could get right to the end of it and think you're done and it splits. Like there's a bunch of stuff that can go wrong really quickly, really fast. So I, I probably still keep something like this in my backpack. And the other one I was going to talk about was this. If you don't have a whole lot of money and you're on a budget, these are at the dollar store for four bucks. And like, I mean, they're pretty aggressive teeth and they're not a bad fold up saw. Um, the walking mechanism is probably going to be the weakest part of all of this. And mine still seems to be holding up fairly well. Hey, measuring tape. Um, and the plastic handle is good and solid and it's a good solid nut and bolt through it. So I don't see it failing too much. And the blade is still pretty, pretty tough too. Like for $4, I was amazingly surprised at how good of a saw this turned out to be. Um, is it the best saw on the planet? No. Is it worth every bit of $4 if you don't have a saw? <laughs> well worth it. It's probably worth two or three times the amount, in all honesty. 
And much like what Ben has in his hand there, which would be another, it's, uh, yeah, this, this is a beauty little shorty, um, three and a half inches, maybe. Uh, I think we bought it at Canadian at home hardware. It is seven inches. Seven. And the dollar store one, I think, is probably the same. Dollar store one is seven inches as well. So, comparable size. Very comparable size. Yeah. I mean, this one's nice. I, I, I like this one. Is It's got extremely fine teeth. Like, I mean, it's hard to really show, but these teeth are extremely fine. You're talking like maybe 20, 22 teeth per square inch. I'm not going to count. But uh, get your, in comparison. Get your stick out and count them. Come on, we'll wait. But no. Uh, yes, I'm very <laughs> In comparison to this one. Yeah, like this is a, about half to count as yeah. this one. And that's the only thing with the dollar store one is it's even half again. It's incredibly aggressive comparatively to those little fold-up saws. And for anybody wondering, what smaller teeth means is it's easier to pull a uh, little less strain on the saw itself, but you're also going to work a little bit harder because you're going to be doing a lot more strokes from a smaller tooth saw. But uh, they tend to have a little bit more control. Now, an aggressive yeah, tooth I saw... My buck saw has like three teeth per square inch. Or for yeah. in, li, linear. Right? But once you get it moving, like you can wham through a good Fine. piece of wood like very, very easily. <clears throat> yeah. Gesundheit. Sorry. It's all good. So, yeah. Um, but all tools. And, it, and I think the real point with a saw or an axe is what can you do with it? Like, yeah, you can cut a tree down. You can process firewood. And that's the, the thing that I think I do a lot of. But if you're building a shelter, you can do some pretty delicate cuts. You can build you cut notches and stuff like that to link things together, stronger joints. You can make other tools. Um, one of the things that we talked about was splitting wood. And if you didn't have an axe, it would be a bit more difficult. But have you ever split, and I have, wood without an axe? I have in a modern sense. I haven't made the wooden wedges and done it. I've used modern wedges and split, like steel wedges. Uh, just firewood and stuff like that. You used to do it all the time. But it was one of the things we were debating trying while we were out on the trip. We found a real nice yeah. log that was back there, but it was a little ways off. And we were going to try and attempt to split it. But ultimately, just due to the distance, size, and effort that it would take, uh, it kind of got waylaid in in lieu of some other projects we had taken on at that time and things we wanted to get done. But no, one of these times I would like to actually uh, maybe try and make a paddle or something like that and do it all by hand, splitting it with wedges. And I know that's the classic thing to do, but I mean, if it's tried and true, why repeat the wheel? <laughs> but uh, well, I, I do want to do the paddle. Um, I've seen it done. I've seen Ray Mears do it on an episode one time and I was awestruck at how quick and easily he seemed to be able to do that. Was and that uh, he did what? No, I was going to say, that's a YouTube video, isn't it? Because I think I've seen it. Yeah, there is a vi video of it on YouTube. It was one of his, ap his shows that someone uploaded. Uh, it was done in Algonquin Park. Uh, him and he met with, with a guy back there, uh, a range meeting type deal, and they were paddling around for a day, talking, they're sitting on the side of this rock, and he asked his buddy what would happen if you lost your paddle. And the guy said, well, I use my spare. He said, okay, what if you lost your spare? 
And he's like, well, I guess I'd be up creek. And uh, he said, well, no pun could, you make, <laughs> no pun. Said, could you make one? And he said, no. And uh, he said, I want you to go. And he gave him a saw. He gave him one like the wooden saw. Mm. That's what Raymond carries is a, is a wooden twisted up string one. He said, go cut one about as big around as your thigh and about six feet long, five, six feet long. So that's what Buddy went and did. Brought it back. He had cut a couple of wooden wedges. He split the thing. He drew out the paddle with a piece of ash out of the fire and uh, cut into the piece of the marks, tri- trimmed it out with the axe, polished it up with the edge of a knife, and Buddy went out and used it. And it was, it was great. And there's a ton of things. There's some really clever guys out there who've done some amazing things with some pretty basic tools. And a good saw, a decent axe, and a and a and a knife, be it a big knife or a tiny knife. There's so much you can build. No, I completely uh, agree. And as you said, even a saw as small as uh where is it on here? We have it on our multi tools, like I'm finding everything but, but even something like that. That's not a very long saw, but a saw like that is perfect for doing little notches and stuff when you're camping. You got one on your saw there as well. This one's actually not a whole lot bigger than that uh, that little folder you had, but I mean they're perfect for doing. Yeah, the jigsaw one. That's the one I was thinking of. You can do the yeah, notches you for when be... you're cooking, or you do the notches on your traps, or you can cut the pieces you need to make a bigger saw. That's just what I used to do. I used to carry this and the buck saw blade, and I would just cut a saw up out on the field. But my eyes have been open to the. Uh, Bo real now, and I think I'll be going that way. But anyway, yeah, it's a saw is definitely invaluable when it's in the woods. Regardless of the size, you can do different things with it. And as you said, worst case, if you don't have an axe, you can use that to make some wedges and still split wood and make tools. So, I mean, out of a small saw, you can make yourself a hammer, uh, make yourself the wedges, split your wood, and continue on. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, the one thing I was going to say was in a... Not so much around here, but I suppose you could. You could make a crude stone axe that would serve some purposes, but it's very hard to make a crude stone saw. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It would be. It would be extremely difficult to make a saw, I think. I mean, somebody might prove us wrong here, and if they do, I am all... I am watching that video, I am liking it, and I'm subscribing. Thumbs but up all to, the way. I'd love to see it. Yeah. You go in the woods and you make yourself a saw out of things that you found in the woods that naturally appeared there, I will be impressed to see it. It is it is a game changer in the woods. A saw is definitely that. It, it's, it's almost a scalpel in its ability to change and shape wood uh, in comparison to an axe. An axe really is a hacking tool for the most part. I mean, I've seen carving axes. Guys can do some pretty precise work with an, an axe, but for the most part, it's it's a it's a mass meant to swing and take chunks off wood. Um, definitely has a great purpose, but your saw is going to let you do um, like a straight cut. There's you can do some fancier cuts and stuff, but. You could make furniture out of a saw easier than you could with an axe because you're going to get those finer cuts in there. So like you said, it's almost like a scalpel. That that was a perfect phrase you said that I picked out that I really liked. The saw really is the scalpel of wood because you can cut those very specific notches. You can trace pieces out and you can cut little bits at a time. And if you take your time, the sky's the limit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I guess 
final, well, not really final thoughts, but let's get some summed up thoughts here. If you were to recommend one type of saw to go in the woods with, Ben, what would be your pick? Um, and, and I'm not a brand name person, but I really do like this saw. Uh, I mean, there's a Sev saw that I've seen before that's pretty good. It's triangular, but it, it's it's notched in the end, but it's, it, it folds similarly. I do say, must say I really do like the folding buck saw. Uh, I have a few examples here. I like it more than I do the folding, uh, like little hand saw type feel. Um, that would be my choice of a saw, really, is the buck saw. Uh, it does give you a couple options. Uh, I honestly couldn't strength. agree more, in all honesty. Just throw my two cents in there while you're finding your words. Like I, I, I'm probably going to say all the same things, so I'm just going to jump in and say I agree. Folding buck saw is the way to go. Uh, and the blades are not overly expensive to, get, to replace and simple enough, so it all adds to it. No, I agree. And like we've mentioned a little bit, or I've mentioned in the, the start of this, the fold-up buck saw, it's, it gives you the most versatility, the least amount of weight, the highest ease of putting together, especially if you've got one like yourself there. And it, um, it's durable, it's tough. And it's just easier than trying to make something on site. And that, that was the big astonishing thing I seen when I started using yours. I had seen like the, uh, the trailblazer kind before and I've seen their shortcomings and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, it's not a bad saw, but I can make a buck saw that's in there that'll cut just as good. But when you have a good folding buck saw, which, uh, that's the bow reel 21. Yeah. So something like that, if anybody's looking for a brand name, cause some people did ask about brand names, that's a bow reel 21. Um, yeah, it's a little hard there. There you go. B O R E A L two one. No, B O R E A L two one. Um, so in any case, if once you have a quality folding, I probably still spelled it wrong because I couldn't see it, but a quality folding box. It'll be somewhere in the comments. We'll, uh, tack it up afterwards. Uh, but yeah. Quality folding buck saw, game changer. Uh, once again, I liked the folding saw. I still like a folding saw. Nothing bad to say about them, but a good quality folding buck saw, complete game changer in the woods. It it really was. Like, I had never used a good one in the woods, and I'd always been the axe man, much like yourself. And now I'm like, you know what? If I have a good buck saw, I'm probably going to be a lot happier than a half-hearted axe. Yeah. There you um, go. Chris Hillier put it in. Bow Reel 21. Oh, I'm going to butcher this. Agua Canyon is who makes it, I think. Agua, I think. Agua. Agua. A-G-A-W-A Canyon. So if anybody's looking for a brand name and a plug, there you go. Hey, maybe they'll send us some free saws. <laughs> Doubtful, but... <laughs> the, the only kind of downside to them, and it's it's not the worst thing in the world, is if you did break a blade... There's very little you could do about it as it compared to the axe. If you did chip a blade, you can usually grind it out. Yeah. Um, I think you can buy the Agua blades for about 12, 14 bucks a piece. Uh, and they're not impossible to store. Like you could wrap a couple up, put them into your pack and you're, you're good for a long time. Like the blade lasts a long time and cut a lot of wood with the blade. 
Uh, That's the closest thing I have to a disadvantage to it, really. If we get free ones, Chris, we'll keep you in mind. Chris said if we do get free ones, he wants one. Yeah. Ah. He's got to camp with us to get free stuff. You know that, right? Well, I mean, that's just more of a more of a reason to come out and camp with our greatness in the woods. But (laughs) air quotes going up there for anybody that's listened on audio only. Um, But yeah, I I can't agree more. Folding buck saw is the way to go. Uh, Bottom line, though, is really any saw that you can take into the woods is going to help you immensely, even if it is just the old $4 jobby from the dollar store. It, It would still do a lot of surgically precise things that you're axe may just not do as well or your knife may not do as well i'm not saying you can't do these things with other tools i'm saying they're not going to do it as easily as the saw perhaps or safely like just imagine now you want to cut down a branch that's about five feet off the ground or six or seven feet off the ground you try doing that with an axe you're swinging up above your head you miss that's coming right back at you you're doing it with a saw, you're in way more control. So Chris was just adding two cents in there. You also have to trim the blades if you buy them from a hardware store uh, and not the branded ones. And, of course, he said we have to go camp with him in Newfoundland instead of him coming here. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So if I go camping in Newfoundland, I want to do Red Indian Lake. Just oh, throwing it. Awesome. That would be awesome. That'd be a trip to plan. Yeah, I'd like to start on one end and go right to the other end. Yeah, that you boating Camp it or on you... What's that? What? <laughs> I said, would you want to boat it or hike around it? Oh no, you got to boat it. Yeah, that's where I was. Okay, it just it just kind of sounded like you were getting on the hiking thing there, and I'm like, that's kind of odd. Ben wanting to hike over ba- boating. Hmm. <laughs> I like hiking. Don't get me wrong. Oh, for sure. But if you got the option between the two, boating is far nicer. Oh, man. And Red Indian Lake in high winds is as bad as the ocean, if not worse. Uh, so there would be times when you'd just be pulled up the shore. You'd have your little <laughs> fire there. You'd be looking out after those ridiculous waves saying, I ain't going out there. <laughs> <laughs> but that's part of the fun. You get way laid oh, yeah. out, right? So. But, uh, no, that would be a trip to plan. I, I unfortunately can't see it happening for at least a couple of years, but there's some way we can figure it out. I'm all for it. If we're still doing this in a couple of years and uh, people are liking it, we're definitely going to make a trip for that. And funny enough, uh, the individual that was asking about some of our tools was Andy Knowles. He just happened to join us here. So how's it going, Andy? Uh, we're just finishing up the show here. We did it on saws. Hopefully you'll listen to it from the start and give us your opinions on it. <clears throat> Uh, so yeah, Ben, uh, I guess we're kind of coming into closing thoughts now, uh, without hammering a dead horse, even deader. What, what's your takeaway thoughts, Ben, on saws? I mean, it's, a, it's, it's a great tool. It's a tool that if I'm going for any length of time, I'll be taking. Um, especially if you're building shelter, if you're planning on building, uh, tools, or any type of, of uh, furniture slash equipment, uh, the the options it gives you, the safety, the the speed, the precision, um, you know, it's it's a must-have tool 
for a lot of things. And it's like you said, it could be as simple as a small little hand pole saw where you can do some fine notches to the bigger uh, bow saws, which is my kind of my preference now. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, a tool that uh, it's kind of a force mouth player, I guess is the word for it. The things you can do with a saw, the equipment you can make, when you get out there, you're going to be so much more comfortable. And you're going to have so many more options. Uh, and in the end, I think we're all out there to have fun and enjoy ourselves. We're not out there to be miserable. So, I, No, I completely agree. And Chris had a good point here. I didn't touch them because I didn't want to touch them. But seeing you're bringing it up, we're going to discuss it. You didn't discuss the different wire, chain, etc. style saws. So my first two cents on that is the wire ones I don't actually consider being a saw. Yes, they'll work up to things about the size of your thumb. Uh, finding good ones are next to impossible that aren't going to break right away, or at least that's been my experience. I'm sure somebody out there is going to say they've had a good one that just is amazing and they can cut, you know, 12 inch wood with it. But I myself have had terrible luck with the wire ones and the chain style ones. They're good until they're not good. Fresh out of the package. Not bad. Once again, um, you know, smaller to medium-sized woods, you'll be okay. They're a little hard. If you get the T-handled ones, they're okay. But as those teeth get dull, they just become exhausting. And they do get duller faster than a buck saw, in my opinion. Uh, what, what's your thoughts there, Ben? You might have had more experience than I have with them. I, I, I haven't done – I've handled the chain ones a few times. I haven't really cut anything with them. They're essentially a chainsaw blade. Um and, and I do know they'd be fileable, but like I've cha- I've sharpened chainsaws. I'm pretty good at it, I think, personally. But without it being on a solid bar and having something to really brace against, I think it would be an awful difficult thing to properly sharpen into feel. As such, to me, it's always been a novelty tool. Um, there are people out there who swear by them. The people who carry them in their packs, and in an emergency situation. Like you said, the first few things you've got, it's going to work great. That is probably more than enough to get you out of a, a bad situation. But if you're going in for six, seven weeks, if you were doing, say, alone, because that's one of my favorite shows, uh, that would not be on my list of things to take. No, me neither. And that that's where I sit. It's like they, And that's the best way to say this. I've always looked at them as being a novelty item. Um once again, I know there's going to be people out there that are going to argue it, like you said, that they're the greatest things since sliced bread, and good on them. If they use them, they like them, they have success with them, good on them. And I'm not recommending anybody away from them. If you find somebody that owns one, give it a go. I mean, we're all about you trying new things and coming back to us with things we don't know. And I openly admit it's my lack of using them and lack of using them and having good experiences that uh, have jaded my opinion a little bit on them. Like, I can remember buying those little corded ones. I tried, must have been yeah. like 50 of those, and all of them have the same failing. They break within like 10 minutes. They either heat up yeah. and break, because they burn through wood more than cut through it. Like, you'll get the ones that got like the diamond dust and stuff like that on it. They still, they heat up and they break. They get brittle, they snap. Mm-hmm. Or they'll heat up and soften and snap. Like, it can go either way. And the ones with teeth, 
work like a bugger until they get dull. And they can get dull from anything. If you set it on the ground and it rubs against the rocks, it's going to get dull to the point where it'll no longer cut. If it's sitting in your bag and it's banging against another metal tool in there, it's going to get dull to the point where it's not going to work. Yes, I realize they have cases and stuff like that to store them in. And if they're in the case, is great. But how often have you just been in a hurry and trying to clean your stuff up into the bag just to move like out of the rain or get into the boat or get your stuff out of the boat or, you know, just... Yeah in a hurry and you're trying to move and something doesn't end up in a case like it should. I've just never really had a place for them in my bag or in my pack. To me, they're not worth the weight of taking in. I'd rather take the fold-up saw like you have because weight-wise, especially with those chain ones, you're into it for about the same, but twice the functionality out of the fold-up saw. Yeah. You're limited in the type of cuts you can do with them too. Um, You know, it's, it's, it's going to wrap around something when you cut. So you're cutting on more than one point where with a straight blade saw, you can cut into something at a very straight point. You know what I mean? No, I know exactly what you mean. If you wanted to cut out like a spoon with a saw, yeah. you could do that. You might take a little maneuvering and a little finesse, but you could do that. You could at least hammer out a blank with one of those chain ones. Not so good. Yeah. So, I, I I don't know. Like they they have their uses, I'm sure, and uh, because of the small, lightweight, and compactness, uh, they definitely have a a a, a use and maybe like an emergency first aid type kit. Um, for sure, if you just want something you can put in your pocket for a day day trip, I can see a use to it. If you're going for a bigger trip and planning on processing any amount of wood. I would tend to agree with you that I don't think they're going to hold up, and I don't think they're they're as efficient or as as useful in that particular case. That's my personal opinion on it. And that's I, all I, mine I, is too is personal opinion. I'm not going to swear people off them. Chris had a good point. He said uh, all those excuses could be used for any bladed items, and I agree. Like your axe and your knife could get banged up, but to me, they're both still more precision based than any of those would be like the wire ones maybe because it could work like a scroll saw and you might be able to cut things out but once again the wire ones i've always found had a tendency of breaking literally 10 minutes in and the chain ones you don't get that fine finesse as you said you can't really you might be able to make like a some sort of vice and hold a piece of wood down and maybe keep some tension on the chain enough to do somewhat of a precise cut quote unquote but you're still going to get twice the precise cut out of any real fixed bladed saw in my opinion. So like I, I hope that answers your question kind of Chris. I know you could say that about any bladed items, but they still serve an additional function as where the one item that's used just for sawing just has a lot of drawbacks in my, my opinion. And I'm, I want to throw one thing at you because you mentioned throwing your back without putting it in this proper case. And, uh, and I don't recommend that for anything like my no. axes all have, have, have face sheets or whatever you want to call on it. You know, the folding blades, they fold up. Uh, most of my knives all have sheets and stuff. I've made a couple that don't, and they have, they're wrapped in rags and stuff. You have to protect your blade, and you have to protect things from your blade. And throwing something in your kit that's not protected like that, you're asking for trouble on a lot of, of, of areas. And I couldn't so, agree more. I'm not saying that it was a good idea. I'm just saying in the odd time it happens. Like, but I've been guilty for it. I'm not going to lie. Those chain blades can actually wear right against themselves, right? And that's one of the things. And I've seen them get tangled up. I've seen people 
twist the kingdom. You know what I mean? Um, even with a chainsaw uh, chain, when you if you try to take one off and you try to put it on, you're not careful with it. They'll loop in around themselves, and oh yeah, you're trying to it up. And uh, there's there's a risk there because you're playing with sharp objects trying to get them on hook. Oh, for sure. Uh, and even those chain styled ones, which I'm going to pick on a little bit more, even you, you have to make sure they're not too sharp because if they're too sharp, you can't pull them. So you have to find that delicate balance between being sharp enough that it cuts what you want it to and not too sharp that it drags in and you can't pull it or you're exhausted after three or four revolutions off it. And it being completely dull where you're basically burning through the wood and you're going to be exhausted from it two hours later when you've only made an inch headway. <laughs> But uh, no, no, Chris, like I said, I, I wasn't, I was kind of purposely leaving them out because they were kind of, I don't have enough experience to give you a really good review on them and everything that I have, all the experience I have had with them has been 100% negative. And they are something that I used to always try and have one in a survival kit. Like, at least I always thought it's better than nothing. But the reality was after I started getting like handfuls of these things, I started trying them. And they're really not that much better than nothing, especially the wire ones. Once again, I've only ever used one of the chain style, but I'm just basing it off my experience with chainsaws. But the wire ones, they're they're really, I would almost sooner nothing because then I'd save me the aggravation. At least then I know right out of the gate I have to come up with a different idea versus aggravate myself and then try to come up with another idea. I kind of wonder if they're taking like the chain, chain style one and putting on a on a buck style frame. I don't know if you'd be able to get it tight enough because they'd have a lot, like, you know, yourself, they have a little bit of side to side play, right? So in the held version one where they're usually fairly short, you take, a, you know what, as I'm talking it out loud, I'm actually kind of talking myself into it. Maybe you could, maybe you could get that tight enough. You'd have to put a second ridge on it and get that tight enough. It might actually work, but they're all designed to only basically go in one way. So you'd have nothing on your reverse stroke, or if you're headed on backwards, you'd have nothing on your push stroke. Whichever way happened yeah, to work better for you. I, I'd probably definitely set it up on the pole. Yeah, that's where I would be too. But uh, I got one at the cabin that I think my brother-in-law left there. He kinked it somehow. Or he, he, he damaged a couple of teeth, but it's not wore out a lot. I could definitely sharpen it. And if I could pull it straight enough and tense enough, then I could definitely sharpen it. I kind of want to play with that. I don't know how I'd hook it. I don't know how I'd break the chain so I can make it into one length instead of a. <laughs> yes, Chris, it is. You can almost see the smoke coming out. He's saying that your thinker's working overtime. You can see it. Oh. Uh, worth a play. You know what? Like I said, the more I talked about it, the more I kind of talked myself into it. I'm kind of curious where that would go. I have an old chainsaw chain in the garage. That I'd be perfectly happy, like it's no good for a chainsaw, but I could probably put one last edge on it and maybe snap it in half and try this. I'm wondering if I could connect it, like I have a, I think it's a 30 inch buck saw back there. And I might be able to somehow string it into that. Well, I was thinking of the bushcraft style one so I can tension it. Yeah? How would you brace it between the two pegs, I guess? I'd, I'd have to do basically the same thing as here and if however i break the chain if i can get a pin through through the two ends it would be a very similar process you'd have to make it rounder though to allow for the extra large split to hold the chain like you're 
you'd almost have to have a tool to make the tool, which, of course, were, uh, replace rivets with a nail. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm thinking. But I'm thinking if you, uh, you'd almost have to have a small straight blade saw or a knife or something to make that notch a little bigger. Knife would split it oh, yeah. down. I'd be more inclined to use that little folding saw you have and maybe run down it three or four times and just Yeah, yeah you'd have away. to do it. Because it's cut. And that's the thing, too. Like, a chainsaw blade, as opposed to, like, your wire one, it's cutting, say, I, I'm guesstimating here, it's a little less than a quarter inch, but it's close on. Like, when it goes to the wood, there's a quarter inch gap. When you go through with a buck saw, you're going through with, you know, a sixteenth or a thirty-second of an inch. All so this friction. A lot less wood being torn out, and therefore it should be a lot less effort to cut. I mean, a chainsaw has has a big motor spinning it, and argumentatively, I'm just as powerful, but that's only my in my head. <laughs> uh, but they, yeah, it is, you know, and this cuts, like you said, on the push and the pull, where with the chain, we'd only have the pull. So we have function there, but I think you could make something that would at least cut. I, I'm over here drawing up sketches and stuff now. I think I'm actually, like, um, for though, I'm going on vacation here. Starting tomorrow is my first day of vacation. I'm thinking I have two days at the start here. Well, Melissa finishes up her work where I am going to do some stuff around the house. If I can figure out how to get maybe an hour of time away, I may, I may be outside tinkering with this idea. But anyway. Next week. Next week. Next, next week, week actually, we have to talk about. Making a saw out of an old chainsaw blade. <laughs> making a worse saw out of a working chainsaw. But uh, actually, speaking of next week, might as well touch on it now. So next week, Ben, uh, is the week that we're going to be doing our podcast a little bit different. We're hoping to. We're hoping. All, all so next week, Ben and I are hopefully going to have the families together and we're going to be broadcasting live or close to live from Victoria Park in Truro. So the yep. idea is Ben, his wife, me and my wife and our kids are all going to get together and play in the park a little bit, but we're going to try and shoot the podcast from a cell phone, all of us together going from the park. So, Fair warning now to anybody out there answering comments and stuff like that is going to be a learning curve. Um, I don't really know how it's going to work out on the phone. I might sneak my laptop in at the same time, but I'm, I really like to try it from the phone itself. That way we have an idea of what we can do later in August when we go to the Atlantic bushcraft gathering and hopefully broadcast from there because that's once again it's a little less weight to carry around uh it's easier to keep the cell phone charged versus keeping the laptop charged because we do have those solar carriers which i'll bring as well along with this, the power bank so hopefully we can broadcast from that and yeah it'll be a uh nope not at the fall yeah no wait victoria park we could do it from the falls i guess chris there is a set of falls in victoria park uh, it's a nice set. I just don't know what the noise would be like there because uh, past experiences. That's why we didn't have a whole lot of video from the falls when we went camping. Yeah. Yeah, we'd be better off with maybe the Wishing Well or the Witch's Well, I think they call it. Yeah. Or a few others that we could choose. We may have there, to get higher up and get better signal too, right? So we'll play it by ear. We'll look at the signal strength and we will play it by ear. So wherever we get the best signal strength is where we're going to broadcast live from. But it will be within Victoria Park. 
There's anyone in Truro looking for some entertainment, they can come and stick their fingers behind our heads and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. If anybody is going to be in Victoria Park, it is Wednesday, July 31st, and we're looking to meet up around somewhere after 5. So, I mean, we'll have our phones on us. If you want, message the channel. We'll see it. Uh, and you can just tell us where you're at, and we'll try and make an effort to at least get out, shaking your hands, and maybe sneaking a shout-out onto the podcast if you're willing to do something like that. Uh, totally open to it. Love to meet some of you guys, as long as you're not, you know, plum crazy or something like that. Because we do have a strong fan base now. We ha might have to beat some of the fans off with the uh, stick or something. You never know how popular we are. <laughs> we are? No, no, we're not. I'm trying to bump up my own ego. <laughs> Actually, though... I've been surprised that to run into quite a few people who who have who are following us, and uh, a lot of them had no idea who I was before this. So that's that's been kind of interesting. And others are are family members and friends that that happened on this by accident, which are cool too. Uh, but it is kind of neat. It's a it's a, it's a very localized fame and a very strategic group of people, I guess, the bushcrafters. But uh, it's interesting nonetheless. And we are getting a little bit of uh, coverage outside Nova Scotia as well. As I said, I found our channel, which I didn't make, but it was already on uh, CastBox there. And there's been comments yeah. from outside Nova Scotia and stuff like that. So, I mean, at least we're getting out there somewhere and hopefully nothing else. Some people are having some laughs and maybe worrying a little bit at the same time. And I mean, that's all oh. I ever expected to do. Yeah, so I guess that's kind of our topic for the week. We can't beat the size to death much more, but uh, we, we got a potential project for each of us. Uh, I, I picture this as being a little bit more heavy duty. Uh, I'm not sure of the practical aspect of it, but I got something I want to try. You have something you want to try? It doesn't have to be practical to be fun. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I guess we'll end it there for tonight. I don't have a whole lot more to say. As you said, It's uh, we're kind of getting into – beating a dead horse with the saws because we're starting to repeat. I think we covered a little bit there. Um, so, yeah, that's just our personal thoughts and opinions on saws in the woods. There is no wrong saw. Get the one that works best for you. Uh, exactly. We threw out some brand names and some different styles and stuff like that, but the bottom line is try stuff. Get out there. Play with things. If you see something that your buddy has, ask if you could use it for a second. See what you think of it. Uh, the only way you're going to learn what you really need and what you really like is just trying it. You know what I mean? Like, there is no right answer to anything. That's the beauty of bushcraft is there's room for basically anything under the sun out there. It's going to appeal to somebody. Like you said, some people love those wire saws and those chain, like the hand chainsaws. I, I don't, but somebody out there does. They still sell them. So there is no wrong answers. Yeah, no, no worries, Gary. We're just finishing up, but thanks for coming on. Same as you, Dave. Uh, and that, that's basically all I wanted to say. There's no wrong answers. Go out, get dirty, try things. Number one, try things. Just be safe. And I mean, it can be as small as, I guess we said, like the, these little jigsaw blade saws right up to, a, to the buck saw. And if you watch some of the guys who do big time, like adventure trips, they have saws that are six feet tall that take almost two people to run. Um, every one of these saws has a function and a purpose. Um, and if it's the one that works for you, it's the one that you need. Couldn't it really is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's wonderful. Uh, 
we want you guys to get out there and try some things and we take no liability for anything you do <laughs> that's the lawyer talk disclaimer try things be safe we didn't tell you to go get hurt we just told you to do things as safely as you can and with as much fun as you can anyway that's it for me guys have a good night night <laughs>